celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. On the show today, well, you know, it's Pet Dental Month. For those of you that didn't know that. And it's so important that your pet's teeth are clean, not just for their breath and not just for cosmetic looks, but for their health. And Doc Halligan will be back with us. She is one of those people that actually does brush her cat's teeth every day. Good and, for her. And it really is good for her because I know uh, I tell people to brush their cat's teeth every day. but <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't do it. And I think Do you? I don't. I absolutely do not do that. I just tell people to do that. But you know what? It really makes such a huge improvement. And in compliance with cats definitely is hard. But I brush my dog's teeth, sometimes not as reliably as I should. But wow, when I'm on it, I could definitely tell a difference in decreasing the time and the frequency I need to do those teeth cleanings. So it really is a way to empower yourself. Okay. Well, Doc Halligan says she's going to give us some tips on how to do it. So we're going to find out in just a few minutes what that's all about. Also, if you want to give up that stupid job and get into the pet industry maybe as a pet sitter because i see judy who's doing very well as a pet sitter i'm afraid she'll actually quit animal radio one I'm, day i'm ready i can make more money doing <laughs> <No>. that <laughs> yeah so uh we're having someone on today who works for pet sitters international right yes and she's going to tell us how to get into the pet sitting business yeah, and tell us what kind of people been doing it, what kind of money they're making it's okay a that, big growing industry that's on the way and right now we're going to go to judy hi judy how are you hi i'm just fine thank you where are you calling from today I am in Monticello, Illinois. Monticello, uh, Illinois. Illinois. You I heard that. that. You actually heard that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So what's going on with your animals? How can we help you? Well, I have a very sick cat. Oh. About a month or, or maybe two months ago, she started throwing up all over the place and having diarrhea. Okay. And uh, once she was all empty and it all stopped, she was not eating or drinking. So I took her to the vet and I've been... Um, force feeding her with a little syringe, just not with a needle, of course, but pushing the food into her mouth and trying to give her water. But she got really dehydrated that, you know, gave her the, not an IV of water, I don't know how you call it, but water under the skin. Hydrating her, yeah. Yeah. Subcutaneously, okay. Many times. And it's racked up a huge bill. This may be mentioning that. But uh, she's... She seems better sometimes, and she perks up and uh, gets around the house. But then, if I force feed her a little bit, sometimes she'll go throw it up. I don't, I don't know what's wrong, and they had no, no solution for me. Just try this and try that. So. Okay. So when when I hear of a kitty in that age group that's having vomiting, diarrhea, and weight loss, there's there's actually quite a few different problems that do come to mind. Um, okay. Things such as kidney failure, kidney disease, um, hyperthyroid, hyperthyroidism, which is an excessive level of the thyroid hormone. Um, we can see problems like inflammatory bowel disease, um, and then in some cats, even things like lymphoma, which is a form of intestinal cancer, or, or which can affect other areas, as well as other you know cancer cancers that are out there. So for me, if I'm faced with those symptoms, um, I think it is very prudent to do some baseline tests to try to figure that out, to know what you're up against. And make sure you're not flushing money and time down the toilet because if you're not doing any good addressing the underlying problem, then you're just kind of putting the inevitable off. So my question to you would be what kind of diagnostic tests has your veterinarian done to look into this? 
They did. They, they tested the blood for kidneys and, and liver, and they were both fine. They suggested okay. the thyroid uh, test. However, it, it came on so sudden, it's hard to imagine that it's the thyroid. Um, so I didn't want to pay $112 to find out uh, something that was not likely. I don't know about the... They took an x-ray of the lower bowel, and it was mm-hmm. just empty. Her, her bowel mm-hmm. was just empty. There's yeah. nothing showed up in that one x-ray. Okay. So, um, unfortunately, you may be getting to a point where, without doing some more diagnostics, now, I can say if I have a kitty in front of me, sometimes physically there are things that I'll find that give me um, a little extra weight in which direction we need to go. So one thing in particular to ask your veterinarian is to make sure, you know, have you felt any kind of nodule in my cat's neck? And um, if we feel something, like a little nodule in the uh, trachea area, then that can be a real indicator that, boy, you better think about spending that money on that thyroid test over other things because that gives us um, some physical information that could be leading us that way. Now, the other thing that kind of goes more towards the intestinal direction that I do during a physical exam is is feeling the intestines. So sometimes we get a feel as veterinarians for what is normal for the thickness of an intestinal uh, loop and um, that is which is not normal. So sometimes that can be picked up during a physical exam, which might make us think about things like inflammatory bowel disease or lymphoma more commonly. Um, if that's the direction we're looking at, then, boy, I might look at more doing an ultrasound, um, something to give us some more information there. So I think that that's going to be kind of the challenge is that working as a kind of a team with your veterinarian to say, you know, hey, if, if I'm not prepared to spend more than another $150 on tests, where where can you best help me out in trying to figure this out so we can turn the course? Because um, I do fear for for your kitty with where you're at right now with that timeline, um, you know we can't go on like this. Um, yeah. And and you did mention something I want to just kind of address is that for some cats um, it may seem like disease comes out of nowhere. But in fact, some types of health problems can be present for long periods of time, weeks or months, but it stays under the threshold of what we humans can see at home. Now, um, you know, if, say, you know, some tests were done months ago, you know, would we pick up trends and changes? Maybe. But um, there is a point at which, um, and we see this a lot in exotic species, which I I commonly treat at the office, that they kind of hide and mask the disease till it gets to a point. And then uh, we start to see all the clinical symptoms there. So um, sometimes it is all of a sudden. Other times it's just, you know, it's just the cat's just not presenting fully with all those symptoms. Okay, I appreciate all that. Uh, yesterday, uh, she she blew up so fiercely, she lost her balance and fell off the side of the couch. And, and uh, I, I I was about ready to give up on her at that point. But then last night and this morning, she's been around the house. I caught her drinking water, and uh, you know it's like a roller coaster. So, yeah. Yeah, and and I feel for you, but golly, you know, she's if she's fallen over from just that bit of movement, then you know, I would definitely, you know, I, I would get back on the phone with your veterinarian and say, we got to do something here. Help me out. Where, where do we go from here? If they don't have any direction, don't know where to go next, then sometimes it's time for a second opinion. It, it, it really can be. So if if they don't have any other direction or ideas at this point, then um, you might want to just call around and get a second opinion. Because, uh, like I said, I, I don't know your cat, but I have several thoughts running through my head, and I would um, want a lot of questions answered yeah. on what, what we need to do here. 
Good luck with that, Judy. I got to say that we were sort of the same situation with Tiggers, who uh, was sick for the longest time, just vomiting and throwing up and uh, diarrhea every single day, every every single day. Several times a day. And we thought it was really something very, very serious. And then we changed foods. We had been giving her the same food for 10 years and for 10 years well six years she had been throwing up and having diarrhea we really thought that she was on the out and then we changed food to another food and all of a sudden she's not throwing up anymore and she's not having diarrhea and she's gaining weight so she's 15 it was simply an allergic reaction so that's why i always encourage go to the vet in that kind of situation see if it's something as simple as an allergy or if it's ibd or if it's lymphoma or something more serious right and ibd as we're saying is inflammatory bowel disease and it is often treated with hypoallergenic diet so a diet change can be a a great strategy big difference Um, so yeah you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, everyone. It's Robert Semro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio Listomania, five ways to a better smile and dental health for your pets. I've seen plenty of pets whose smile can melt a heart from any distance. I've also seen some pets whose smiles can stop traffic and are great candidates for doggy or kitty dentures. Dental health for your pets is as important for them as it is for you. As we've all learned over the years, dental health and the lack thereof can impact all the body systems and cause problems beyond a bad smile. Here's a few tips to help ensure that your pet will enjoy dental health for years to come. Number one, know the signs. The signs that your dog or cat may be suffering from dental health problems include some or all of the following. Bad breath, excessive drooling, inflamed gums, loose teeth, a lack of interest in food or water, tumors in the gums, or cysts under the tongue. If you're seeing any of these signs, talk with your vet and have them do an examination and plan a course of action. Number two, you should regularly check your pet's gums. They should be pink and not showing any injuries or black or white areas. And there should be no swelling or pockets where food can get lodged or stuck into. It's important to help your pets feel comfortable with you and or your pet partners touching and viewing the insides of their mouth. It's best to start this when they're young, but equally important to just make it a pleasant experience. Number three. Have a regular maintenance plan for the dental health of your pet. Speak with your pet healthcare professionals about what you should be doing and how often you should be doing it. Number four, if you're going to brush your pet's teeth, do so with a pet-safe toothbrush and or pet-safe teeth cleaners. Remember, you should only use pet-specific toothpaste as well. If you're uncomfortable about doing this, ask your veterinarian or check with your local pet experts to find out about professional pet teeth cleaning. There's a number of different types available these days. Some of them include anesthesia, while others don't. Consult your expert to know which is best for your pet. Number five, talk with your vet and pet healthcare expert about toys, treats, chews that not only help with the anxiety and boredom, but can also support the dental health of your pets. And talk with your vet and pet nutrition expert about foods and supplements that can help aid in dental health as well as digestive support. Remember that pets rely on their teeth not only for eating, but also for protection, play, and overall health. Dental health impacts everything they do on a daily basis. So an unhealthy mouth can not only disrupt their eating and drinking behaviors, but also their overall behavior. It's not just about their smile on the outside, but their smile on the inside. 
Share your ideas on how to help with pet dental health on our Animal Radio Facebook page. I know, Judy, we've we've both been in a little bit of a funk lately. We lost our little princess, our, our fur child, and we've been looking for a way to really memorialize her. And you know, she was with me pretty much 24-7 while she was here on this earth. and like now, 14 years. For 14 years. And now that she's gone, I still want to keep her close to me. I want to have a little piece of her with me. I know that you've been talking about getting a tattoo with some of her ashes. Yes, I'm going to get that. I'll get an outline of her face with her ashes put into the ink so that I will have her always with me. I'm a scaredy cat when it comes to tattoos. But I went online to bigpawcremains.com and I saw that they make jewelry. In particular, what I really want is a uh, ring that has our little princess's cremains inside it. That would be so great to look down at your hand, see a ring on your finger and actually see their ashes in it. That would just be so heartwarming. And not only that, the rings are actually beautiful. All handcrafted in Colorado. And hypoallergenic, too, so you don't have to worry about that. And, you know, just having her on my finger is just really going to help me get through this whole thing of losing her. Well, she'll always be close to you. She will. Okay, so here's where we are so far. We've reached out to BigPawCremains.com. They've sent us a collection kit, which includes a little vial for us to send back, a teaspoon of our little princess's ashes. And they also sent us the rings for sizing. Of course, these are the rings that uh, the ashes will go on to. We tested them out. We uh, made sure they fit. And then we sent them back with a teaspoon of our little princess's ashes. And the process is so simple. So quick and simple. If you're looking for a way to memorialize the life that you've spent with your fur child, head on over to bigpawcremains.com. That's bigpawcremains.com. A great way to immortalize your pet through beauty. Bigpawcremains.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny, Jessica. Hey, Jessica, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing really well. Where are you calling from today? Um, I am in Apollo Beach, Florida. Where Where is that in Florida? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a little bit um, east of Tampa. Okay. Well, what's going on with the animals? I have the whole team here for you. We have two cats and two dogs and a bearded dragon and, and, and many animals that we've had through the years. But a couple of years ago, a friend of mine told me that you do not have to routinely trim your cat's claws, that actually if you look around your house, you'll see where the top of the claw sheds off. Yeah. Um, and as long as they have things to scratch on in your house, you don't ever need to trim them, that, that um, they're kind of take care of themselves. Um, it seems crazy to me, but I ignored my cat's paws for about six months, and they haven't grown out and grown around into their skin. So I thought I'd ask if that, though, your opinion on that. Sure. Well, the the big question is if you're comfortable with the the feel of your cat's nails, because it is true that cats that have provided scratching surfaces will um, remove the sheaths or the layers of the nails. So their nails grow a little bit different. They just don't grow out. They grow out and up. So it's kind of more like an onion. So when they scratch, they're actually cracking off the top layers of the nail. Um, the problem is, for some folks, that nail that's left beneath there is sharp. <laughs> it can be uncomfortable 
uncomfortable. So you don't have to trim the nails for that benefit if they're breaking off those sheaths. But because some people find that it's still uncomfortable to have the tips of the nail catching on their clothing, their bedding, that they may like to have the tips trimmed for that comfort's sake. Now, the other thing would be for cats and dogs in the household. I think that sometimes um, that can help to avoid some potential like eye injuries if we have a little bit shorter nails on a cat than if they have that really kind of razor sharp tip. Um, should they take a swipe at the dog's eye or something like that? Wow. Most dogs you'd think would kind of learn their lesson from a <laughs> well-respected cat in the household, but that's just one other thing that that can, can do. So for me, I do like to trim cat's nails every now and then, and it just depends on your cat and how well and how often they um, do their uh, kneading and their cat claw stretching uh, around the house. Um, but I like to do it like every month or every couple months. And the one thing I would say is that it's very important to make sure your cat can at least tolerate nail trims <laughs> because, um, you know, that's always kind of a joke in the vet office. <laughs> we brought my cat in for a nail trim and we go, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> cat that's never had its nails trims. Let's see how that well that goes over. <laughs> but I think part of that is to get them used to that when they're younger um, because a lot yeah. of senior cats have real problems with nail accumulation. So as they get more arthritic with age, they don't tend to break off those sheaths. That They don't do that naturally whether it's from discomfort um, or just a medical disease in general. And I do see a lot of senior cats, and we're talking cats usually over 12, that start to have problems where the sheath layers keep building up and it's very easy for the nail to grow into the foot pad. So I, I just like to do a little bit of preventative maintenance to make sure our young adult cats can tolerate having their nails trimmed so we don't get to that 12, 13-year-old cat that will just have a, a meltdown if we have to trim those nails and help them out in their senior years. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you very much. Yeah, how old are your kittens? Or are they kittens or cats? Oh no, they're cats. Uh, nine and ten. Oh, okay. So they're. Up. Oh yeah. So they're they're in the prime of their lives. And do they run the household? I got to ask. <laughs> um, they do. We actually we acquired another dog. Uh, we had we had one dog. We have an Australian cattle dog, and he came in to the household after the cat, and so they batted him around a little bit and showed him. They were bought, and so he avoids them like the plague. But uh, anyway, it's uh, yes, the cats roll the roof. Aw, super. We'll give them a hug from all of us here at Animal Radio, Jessica, and thanks so much for calling and listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, it's Vinny Penn, your party animal on Animal Radio. So my daughter, seven years old, wants me to take out the family photo album the other day. She says, I want to see pictures of grandma, which is always quite difficult for me. That's my mother who passed away uh, just about two years ago. A devastating blow from which I still haven't uh, recovered. But when my daughter wants to see pictures of her grandmother, damn it, we, we look at the pictures. And this time, you know, I, they say time heals all wounds. Uh, my mo- mother battled pancreatic cancer valiantly. 
um, and went out with dignity. So uh, it gets easier. And some of the pictures are, are actually can bring a smile to your face. Funny. She was good for these funny dances and whatnot. We were flipping through, and my daughter noticed it. She actually said for the first time, she's like, geez, Daddy, you're not sad for the first time. We're further into the book than we've ever been. And I said, yeah, I'm noticing that myself. So we, we went deeper. We went back into pictures she may have never even seen. And then all of a sudden, we struck a photo of my mother with our dog, Cruiser, who we lost uh, quite a few years ago. And lo and behold, the trigger. The two of them together, Cruiser sitting in her lap. She never even liked the name I gave him, but she let me give him the name. The two of them together, it was just uh, not ready for that one. I made fun of a girl once for having a, a doggy photo album, and it said it on front. It was specifically for her dogs. She had big dog. She had two huge dogs that would greet you at the door. I mean, they made Marmaduke look like a like a Shih Tzu. And I said, "But don't make doggy photo albums. Can't you just put them in with the family photo?" This was the first time that I thought, "Geez, you know that doggy photo album? Not a bad idea." Vinny Penn, Party Animal, Animal Radio. You know, here at Animal Radio, the studio cats have been using the Armor Cat cat trees for two decades. And you know, cats need to scratch, claw, and climb. And unlike any other tree, Armor Cat furniture is strong, durable, and really reliable. Armor Cat's best in class cat trees and beds all come with six month warranties. Go to ArmorCat.com. That's A R M A R K A T.com. And give your cat the tree they deserve. And get 15% off using the code ANIMALRADIO. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Well, can you imagine this? Think. A 99-year-old woman in Florida awakes in the middle of the night to find a bizarre animal that looks kind of like a cross between a monkey and a raccoon, and it's curled up asleep on her chest. Well, first responders describe the incident like this. They say, the lady's sound asleep, and she feels something on her chest, and so she, you know, wakes up kind of slowly, realizes that there's an animal curled up sleeping on her chest, and her first impression was that it might be a cat. But then when they both got a look at each other, they both freak out. The lady screams. The creature freaks out. It's known as a kinkajou, and it ran up into her attic. A kinkajou, by the way, is a South African member of the raccoon family that does resemble a monkey. But it turns out that the kinkajou was named Banana. It was domesticated and belonged to a neighbor and had escaped her home. And kinkajous, by the way, sometimes known as honey bears, are legal to keep as pets in Florida if you have a special exotic animal permit. Well, dogs may be man's best friend, but they are no longer allowed to be your travel companion on Delta Airlines, which has announced that starting March 1st, it will only allow passengers to fly large animals on its cargo service rather than as checked baggage. I never knew there was a group, but two groups will be exempt from the new rule, service animals and Pets of U.S. military personnel and their dependents. Pets that are small enough to fit under the seat, well, they will still be eligible to travel as 
carry-on luggage, but the airline hasn't said why it's changing its pet policy, although according to the U.S. Department of Transportation, Delta was among the worst airlines when it came to pet deaths. And designer celebrity Lauren Conrad is being sued for using two photos of surfing dogs on her website without the photographer's permission. It was on a blog post a couple of years ago. Now, the problem isn't that Lauren used the pictures as much as it is that the company is suing claims that Conrad's site isn't a blog, but it's really more of a commercial enterprise where she promotes her line of clothing with Kohl's and other things that she makes money off of. So the company is suing, asking Conrad to remove those photos and return any profits she gained from using them. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. This is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your animal. Spay or neuter. Let me say that again. You don't want to do both. Spay or neuter. Let me say it again. Can I do that? You can do whatever you want. Oh, God bless. I'm going to try it one more time. Hi, this is Jane Lynch on Animal Radio. Please spay or neuter your animal. I love it. You do so good early in the morning. I, I, my I'm so caffeinated work. right now, can I tell you? I'm barely holding it together. Uh, you're awesome. <laughs> you're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And we'll go back to those wacky phones in just a couple of seconds. But first, we visit from the Lucy Pet Foundation with Doc Halligan. Hey, Doc, how you doing? Hi, I'm great. So today... In fact, this whole month, we're celebrating mm-hmm. National Pet Dental Month, and I brush, I, I don't brush mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, let's tell the truth, Hal. You see, okay, yes. I, and I know Dr. Debbie's the same way. She said, you know, we're preaching that you need to brush your animal's teeth, and, uh, you know, we ourselves don't do it. I'm and guilty. We're guilty of not doing yes. that. Do you brush your animal's teeth? I do. Really? And they, do they like I it? Do. They allow you I to do it? I think because I wrote a book, guys, and... I think after having written a book that had a whole chapter on it, it really kind of made me realize how important it is. Think if you never brushed your teeth. Oh, my ever. God. It would be horrible. Okay. That's all I have to say. And then you go, oh, God. And so the American Vet- Veterinary Dental Association says that 80% of all dogs and 70% of all cats have some form of gum disease before the age of three if you're not doing anything for their teeth. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not only does it just look bad and smell bad, and but hurt. It, it could actually cause problems with other organs in their body. 100%, because what you have to understand is that the mouth has a very big blood supply to the gums and everything. And so if you oh. get the bacteria that sit in there, if you don't brush their teeth or you're not doing anything for their teeth, then the billions of bacteria mixed with the saliva and that hardens into tartar and that it eats away at the bone, the gum, the bone. And then that's a rich blood supply. Where does your blood go? To your heart. heart. Your organs, all your organs. Everything. So then the little bacteria go all over your pet's body, in their liver, in their kidney, in their, in their lungs, in their heart, and definitely shortens their lifespan. Um, now I'm gonna. We're just gonna say next week. I'm gonna teach you how you can brush your pet's teeth. 
because you can, and it's not as hard as you think. You know, they basically, they say you need to be brushing every other day to make a difference. And um, there are certain animals that have risk factors that um, make them accumulate more plaque that would be older animals because their flora is not as good. Certain breeds of dogs are very predisposed to getting periodontal disease. Like that would be yeah. like poodles, Maltese, uh, Yorkies, Chihuahuas. Yeah. The yes, small the smaller ones. Because what happens is they have a smaller mouth with um, you know, for everything to kind of build up in. So oh. that's why versus like a Labrador, their their mouth is is bigger. Now also animals they have different chewing habits. There's some animals that, you know, depending on how they chew, have a predisposition. And then also I think the food does matter. If you're feeding cheap carbohydrate food with sugar in it, do you think that's going to make an animal have more dental disease? Oh, I think it's going to make them have more dental Just disease. Like does humans, hard or yeah. soft food make a difference? No, it doesn't. But the, the sugar content and carbohydrate content well, sugar is a carbohydrate, yeah. matters as yeah. to how much they will build up. So the diet does make a difference. But, yeah, we actually have board-certified veterinary dentists. Oh, I did not know so, that. Yes. Yeah, so in 1987, the Academy of Veterinary Dentistry and the American Veterinary Dental College formed um, the uh, Dental Society. So these guys can do crowns, caps, implants, root canals, even braces. Are Hal. you saying there's veterinarians that specialize only in dental work? <laughs> 100%. Wow, I did not know that. Yeah, that's wow. all they do. You know, like I, I'm not a fan of like braces unless it caused the animal to have a problem chewing. But, you know, I think what is really interesting, I tell people this, dental disease is 100% preventable. Um, and so, you know, like that's why we have a whole month devoted to it to try to educate people um, on the dangers of not doing anything with your pet's teeth. The other thing we should talk about is it's very dangerous to have the non-anesthetic dental cleanings done on your pets. Why? Because what happens is the animal is not anesthetized. Mm-hmm. They they are awake and, you know, um, and I've done them before on animals that, you know, you can't sedate because they're so at, at risk for anesthesia. But so you're 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 using instruments to remove the plaque. And what that does is that kind of scrapes the enamel. And then now you've got scrapes in the teeth that it's supposed to be smooth and you're not polishing because could you imagine trying to polish with a rotor thing in an animal that's not anesthetized and you yeah. get, get their tongue? Plus, aren't right. teeth like icebergs? Like most of yes. the problems are really underneath the gums that those non-anesthesia can't get to, I, I assume. They can't get to them, no. And so I would only do that as a last-ditch effort if your pet cannot handle anesthesia and it's, you know, try to do that over anything but i have animals come in and i look at their teeth and i say you've had non-anesthetic dental haven't you done wow you and because tell. it grew so much more and they get like five and their teeth are just rotting and i go that's terrible and it's actually outlawed in california you have to be a veterinarian to do it i know they do it a lot of grooming places oh we'll we'll do non-anesthetic dental people think that's really helping their pet 
And it's really not. You're better off not doing anything than to have those jobs. Yes, you actually could be harming them. Okay, so I have a lot of questions. Next week, you're going to teach us how to... I'm going to talk about how you can do it. How we can do it, because you do it, and you do it with a (laughs) cat. I do it. I have two cats. For next week's (laughs) lesson, will I need uh, gauntlets or anything like that? No. Okay, so you're going to teach us... There you go. Doc Halligan from the Lucy Pet Foundation. I can't wait till next week now. Yeah, Yeah. I need some help. It's going to be fun. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. A man going through security at LAX was recently found to have monkeys in his pants. When Robert John Cusack arrived from Indonesia, airport inspectors found 50 orchids in his luggage after four rare birds flew out. They then asked him if he had anything else to tell them, and he reluctantly admitted that he did have some monkeys in his pants. A search revealed that 45-year-old Cusack was hiding a pair of endangered pygmy monkeys in the crotch area of his underpants. Cusack is awaiting trial while the monkeys, happy to be out, have joined the monkey community at the Los Angeles Zoo. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143-That's 800-689-0143 Hey, this is Nicole Sullivan on Animal Radio. Please spay and neuter your pets, please. Oh, what did he say? He said, we're all across the USA, the most listened to pet show today. Animal Radio, we're everywhere you go. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. So let's go to any mini money. How about you, Bernie? Hey, hey, Bernie, how are you? Hey, how is this? How? Yes, it is. Hey, nice to speak with you. So, where are you calling from? Uh, Center Valley, Pennsylvania. Is that a uh, east side or west side of? The uh, we're in the center side. Center the center. Side. Center, center, center side. Hence <laughs> <laughs> the it's name. East of center. Center. Yes. How can we help you? We have a whole dream team here for you, man. Jory Villani would be able to help me. I'm looking to uh, rescue a schnauzer from Mainline Rescue in uh, Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Oh, um, well, that's great. Rescued, uh, me and my wife have rescued many schnauzers, but this is the first one that is white, and I believe it's a mixed breed, but mostly schnauzer. But I've never had a, a dog with white fur, and we live in a very uh, a rocky, muddy kind of property, and we're just kind of wondering, how do you keep a dog with white fur clean? 
Well, the good thing is, um, and you've had um, obviously had schnauzers before, yeah. so at least you're dealing with a dog that's going to have somewhat of a coarse coat. So that 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 red clay or mud or whatever you guys have up there, it um you know usually will 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 fall off, but it's going to definitely leave some residue. So I mean, I know you don't want to bathe your dog every single day or every other day. So there's a couple of things you can do. Number one, you can go out and get yourself some waterless shampoo that they sell in most pet stores now. And, and usually um, the ones that are on the shelf the, these days actually work pretty good. They come in two forms, just a spray or foam. Both of them work well. And when your pet comes in, you put it on, towel it off. I like brushing it in first and then toweling it off. Or what I find something that's so super, super easy is cornstarch. And what you do is you just take your cornstarch, take the dog outside or put him on a towel or her on a towel, sprinkle with cornstarch, let it absorb a little, brush it through, and believe it or not, you're going to have a dog that's going to look um, really, really good. Now, is that like baby powder or, or, or like regular? Well, I wouldn't use baby powder. I would go to the store, and, you know, and you can get it in, usually in the baking section in the supermarket um, only because it's, um, you, you know, you're not going to have any type of reaction from it. Some baby powders, depending on what is in them, you may have a reaction um, with, with your pet skin. And you know what? A box of cornstarch. I don't know what it is this day, these uh, days, but it's under two, it's under two dollars. I know that, and and, yeah. and it'll probably last you. Um, if you if you did it every day, you'd probably still have it for a year. Two other quick questions. Um, does 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 there a first stain? Like in other words, can they can get so dirty that you can't get the the the, the dirt out? It really. Really, the only way coat stains is um, is from bacteria, um, and usually that's from either chewing or or, or tearing or teething. Um, but for the most part, no, it shouldn't stain um, unless there's um, some. You know, sometimes in 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 some of the um, in some of the dirt that they put around playgrounds or um, um, in any mulch, there may be some dye, and when there's dye in it it may dye the coat short term and in that situation you have to bathe the dog to get it out but technically staining is only caused by bacteria and if it is tearing or if it is um any any you know type of saliva just put a teaspoon of um white vinegar um or, or apple cider vinegar in the dog's water now you got to make sure that they still drink because sometimes they like and sometimes they hate it but what that does, it neutralizes the acids, okay, which cause the bacteria to grow. And um, what will happen is it eventually that staining will grow out. Wow. And one, one more quick one. Um, with the uh, waterless shampoo, my wife always does, because we've used that in the past. She goes, what happens to the dirt? <laughs> Good question. Well, what happens is because you're toweling it off. So um, you're not going to get 100% of it off. Um, uh -huh. I came up with a product years ago, and we used... Instead of what we would do is we would use the waterless product and towel it off. And I found out that the towel would take off maybe 70% of it. If you really want to do a something a little bit more involved, use the waterless shampoo, towel it off, and then put the cornstarch on the damp um, areas. Right. And what that's going to do, that's going to absorb what is still left behind. And then when it dries, you just brush it away. Brush it away. And, and the, dog, the dog is going to look wonderful. You're going to be really surprised of how well it looks. It's it's really old world grooming is what it was. It, it's what um, before we had running water and um, you know people were washing their pets. That's how they clean them. They they would they would powder them, especially terriers. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much, Joe. You guys rock. Hey, thanks for your call, Thank Bernie. You. you rock even more. What about hydrogen peroxide? Someone told me that you could use hydrogen peroxide on stains and tear stains. Is that dangerous on an animal? Um, you can, but the, the problem is, especially tear stain, you don't want to get it in the eyes. And the regular hydrogen peroxide that you use, um, you know, for your for your cuts and scrapes and and and, and bruises. It'll take some of it out. It's not strong enough. So what a lot of people do is they'll gravitate up to um, the stuff that they use in a hair salon, and which is a little bit stronger. But then you're dealing with irritation and all that. It's not It's not worth it because in something like that, that's a quick fix because that's going to clean what's there, but I'm not solving the problem, which is the, which is the red yeast and bacteria that's actually growing within the coat. Okay, there you go. If you want to talk to Joey Volani or to Dr. Debbie, you can call right from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I just like everybody to realize that each day you live, you make some difference on the planet. And you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals, and for the environment. Got an old car? You can donate it and save a life. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help. They want to keep saving lives by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car or truck, running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Call now for free pickup. 800-245-0823. 800-245-0823. That's 800-245-0823. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. This hour, we're going to talk to Beth Stoltz. What does she do over at Pet Centers International? She the Oh, she's the director of marketing over there. Okay, so Pet Centers International is an organization of pet sitters all across the country. And do you actually belong to that? Is that... An organization that you belong? No, it is. No, isn't. I think I belong to Pet Sitters Association. There's okay, so a there's a lot of organizations out there, and this yes. is just one of them. She's going to tell us how fun it is to give up that stupid job you have right now to become a pet sitter. It yeah, really is a job that can pay very well. As you're going to go from working nine to five to canines and felines. Yeah, and you'll probably work the holidays mm-hmm. too. Yeah, you can count on some early, early morning, late nights, and lots of holidays. But okay. uh, oh well. <laughs> and we go to Laura. Hey, Laura. How are you? Fine. Where are you calling from today? Covina, California. Okay. And what's going on with your animals? I have a Chihuahua Pomeranian mix. Ever since I can remember, she's 11 years old. She barks when I come in and leave anybody. Door, it could be even when the people are near me. And I can't find a way to stop her from barking. It annoys everybody. Yeah, well, and that I I can feel for you because some dogs have a a greater tendency for alert barking and problematic barking. And a lot of the little dogs, we do tend to find that they have more of a trait. Um, Terriers in particular are are known to be very vocal and bark and, uh, you know, chihuahuas as well can be very... noisy pets in that, in that in that aspect. So your challenge is going to be a little harder than, say, someone who's dealing with a young pet who we haven't already set a lot of established patterns over a long period of her life. 
But the, a lot of how we address problematic barking is to really address how we interact with a dog. So, for instance, when people say, oh, gosh, my dog just won't stop barking every time, you know, someone comes around. Well, we look at how we interact with the dog when we come through the door. Oh, how you doing? Great to see you. You know, we are getting ourselves really wound up and we are bringing the dog's energy level up. So that is one thing, is to really inspect how not just yourself, but every member of the household interacts with a dog. And I can't say enough about teaching the importance of teaching a dog a good place command. And this may be a down, it may be a sit. In my house, it's a pillow command. So um, the goal is to train your dog to go to a set spot before someone comes to the door or before um, the bell is rung um, or before you have those guests arrive and mm-hmm. to reward them for that behavior, exhibiting quiet, calm behavior, and then controlling the situation from there. So that may be something as simple as saying, hey, you know, to your neighbor or your friend, I want you to come over at 210. I'm going to leave the door open so my dog can see you because sometimes the doorbell or the knock on the door kind of escalates things. So I'm going to have her on a leash, and I'm going to practice this down stay on the pillow, and we're going to reward her. Um, so obviously this should be something you practice in advance of having any kind of stimulation, you know, having neighbors over and things like that. Um, so you practice that behavior and reward her for that when she's only behaving calmly. If she's sitting there barking and carrying on, you don't reward for that. You may have to wait until it gets quiet for a second or two, and then you give that opportunity to treat and reward. And then you ask, what, you increase. Go ahead. What about when I, most of the barking is when we leave. That's like the majority of her barking when we're all leaving. Or like say if I put her in the garage and uh-huh. we come through the garage door, she'll bark. Or when I leave to work or anybody that's walking, it could be anybody walking mm-hmm. out the door. Yep. And it's going to be the same thing, but in opposite. So if you're planning on leaving, she needs to feel comfortable and confident enough that when you leave, that it's not a big deal. So a lot of times we actually put a lot of emotion to this when our dogs react. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. We'll be back. And, you know, we kind of talk to them as we're leaving. Don't do that. There's no need to do that. That actually just makes it more emotional, that departure. So again, you know, if she's kennel trained, this can be an ideal thing as you give her um, an edible treat. Uh, I like a lot of the times of hiding uh, frozen peanut butter in like the Kong toys and giving them something like that to chew on. And you do that and there's no drama when mama leaves. And um, that helps to create a less drama for your pet. There can be times when, you know, we may need to work on um, correcting that behavior while you're home. And that I just stress the importance of not negative correction doesn't get you as far as um, positive correction or positive rewards. Um, so, you know, if you're sitting around the house and say you hear a noise and your dog starts barking incessantly um, without cause. Now, there's there's a time when dogs need to bark because they're doing their job. And so we got to give them a little bit of leeway there and know what battles to pick. Um, but when we're talking about something like an entry or departure of the home, that is something you can control and um, look at those times to, to really reward quietly. If she cannot be quiet when you go to the door, then you have to practice those cues and departure and do that at other times without leaving because some dogs almost like separation anxiety they get themselves worked up so you grab your purse grab your keys and then you go sit down on the couch so there's no reason for her to get excited and then you treat her and reward her for being a quiet good girl and it it almost becomes a game you have to just kind of go through those motions and uh, recondition her to the idea that me leaving doesn't mean you have to bark so does does that make sense 
Yes, it does. It does. It, it, it is a lot of work because, like I said, at, at her age already, you know, you've already kind of allowed her to teach you or you've taught her that you like it when you come home and she gets excited and jumps on your legs and says, oh, mama's home. So whatever you do when you come in, just remember she may have that same intensity of emotion when you're leaving. Okay. I understand that will work. I yeah. understand now how to do this. Now, and I do, like, for some dogs that are just problem barkers for every little thing in the house, if I'm there and I can do a correction, I actually like a little penny in a, uh, a aluminum can as a, a sign, just a thing to kind of collect their attention. And some people use the, the air, air guns and stuff like that. Yeah, the pss, pss, um, just to get their attention so that, that you can redirect them away from whatever that noise is. And then take control and say, okay. Give me a paw, lay down, whatever. And then you're taking control of a situation, having her focus on you, not on whatever that leaf blowing in the yard is. <laughs> it is just, you know, I'm used to it, but it's other people. Like, I can't take her anywhere because then she'll bark. You know, that's the only part. Mm-hmm. Other than that, she's a good dog. Well, you teach know, that old I've, dog some new tricks. There you go, yeah, Hal. I like that. <laughs> you know what? Thank you so much. I've been trying. I tried to buy her a calming collar. Didn't work. I was going to go to a to buy her a muzzle while she was in the garage at other people's house, and they said mm-hmm. you could only leave it on for twenty five minutes. So that was something. No, I'm not do. a fan of that. No, not for this Neither purpose. Am I. No. That's why I was kind of. I don't want to buy it because <laughs> how yeah. they can't eat, they can't drink, and so. I'll just leave it. So I'll do exactly what you say and then see how that goes. Let us know then how things are going and uh, we'll give you encouragement along the way. Okay, honey. Thank you so much and I enjoy your guys' show. Thanks, Laura. We appreciate you listening. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, it's Alan Cable. Today we're going to talk about dog behaviors, the most common ones that people have to deal with. Number one, barking. Most dogs bark. That's just a fact of life. But if your dog is barking all the time, before you can correct it, you got to find out what's causing it. There's a lot of different reasons. Sometimes your dog is bored or he's anxious. Sometimes he's barking at other dogs or warning someone to stay away. And sometimes he's just playing or excited. Once you figure out why your dog barks, you can start to deal with it. I'll tell you one thing. A happy dog is a tired dog. Make sure your dog gets plenty of extra exercise. Don't pay attention to your dog when your dog's barking. Don't pet them, hug them, give them treats, feed them, any of that stuff, because that encourages your dog to keep barking. That says, hey, I'm doing a good thing here. Yelling at your dog doesn't work either, because again, you're giving your dog attention and that may make them bark even more. What you want to do is when your dog is barking, give your dog a quick correction. You can clap, say the word quiet very sternly, quiet. Or have a collar and a leash on and just give them a little jolt, a little snap of the wrist. And while you're doing this, again, use the word quiet. As soon as your dog starts being quiet, you say, good dog. Even give your dog a treat. In general, you want to give your dog affection and reward when your dog is calm and quiet. That encourages your dog to be mellow. You want to reward your dog for behaving the way you want and ignore and correct your dog when your dog's behaving the way you don't want him to. Don't rile your dog up to, oh, good dog, good dog, and pet him like crazy. You just want to say, good dog dog and be mellow yourself. 
Here's another dog behavior people have to deal with, chewing. That's a natural behavior for dogs, but you want to teach your dog what to chew, or else your dog will rip your house apart. Most common reasons dogs chew things is because they get bored, or they get anxious, they have anxiety, they're curious, because that's how dogs learn about the world, or they're a puppy and they're teething. So you gotta be there, and as soon as your dog makes a move to chew the wrong thing, like your favorite chew, you give him a quick correction with the word no, and then stick something in his mouth he's allowed to chew. Then when he chews it, you say, good dog. Dog. You know, it's a lot like training a husband. This is Animal Radio. I just did a cat enema. A cat <laughs> enema. That can I'm pretty sure that you have to put on gloves for that, right? Yeah, gloves and sometimes protective eyewear, I'll tell you. Sometimes when you get a little liquid, it just kind of propels things and... Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. You know, so, your job is one of those jobs you either love or hate i got to tell you that right now. you got, you got to like grossness. I mean, any kid that wants to be a veterinarian, if you can't stand the smell of dog poo or you can't stand something really pussy or boogery looking, <laughs> it's, it's not for you. you you got to love that stuff. And you do. I do. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> Were you like that from a kid, from a teenager? Did your parents freak out? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You know, I think what they really knew they were in trouble when I had a, a little pet um, lizard, a little fence lizard, and his name was Rambo. <laughs> and he was he was a delight. You know, I loved him. You know, I wasn't really allowed a lot of pets, believe it or not. So um, I loved him and he died. And oh. I wanted to know why he died. So uh, my mom came home and I was on the kitchen table dissecting him oh. after he had passed away. And um, granted, she, you know, I still got dinner that night, but um, she was very disgusted. I used the kitchen table for that purpose. <laughs> so you were, you were doing an autopsy is what you were doing. Exactly. Just trying to, you know, deduce the cause of death. And did you figure it out? Um, well, it, it, actually, it was a combination of things, but I was trying to force feed him, and I uh, kind of contributed to part of the problem. He had a uh, oh. cricket stuck in his throat. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> but he, he, there's a lot of things you learn when you have these critters. You learn what they need, and, and that's a very important thing that, uh, you know, learn the husbandry, their diets, their uh, temperature environment, all that. Very good. Well, you've come a long ways. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You know, here at Animal Radio, the studio cats have been using the Armor Cat cat trees for two decades. And you know, cats need to scratch, claw, and climb. And unlike any other tree, Armor Cat furniture is strong, durable, and really reliable. ArmorCat's best-in-class cat trees and beds all come with six-month warranties. Go to ArmorCat.com. That's A-R-M-A-R-K-A-T.com. And give your cat the tree they deserve. And get 15% off using the code ANIMALRADIO. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, Jim. How are you? How are you? How's it going? Very good. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Wikiwachi, Florida. It's near Brooksville. I've heard. We actually get a lot of listeners calling from Wikiwachi, Florida. They probably have a lot of animals, that's why. Yeah. Well, so what kind of animals do you have and what's going on with you? I just have a chihuahua, a year and a half old, and I notice he rubs himself in the grass a lot. In, in any weather, like it's a little nippy down here today, he does the same thing, rubs himself in the Weather. And then I, I take him in the house, and he's scratching himself. Now, okay. now I've Jim, only seen... Yes? I was going to say, now, you're in Florida, so uh, let, let's... How cold is it? 
Oh, I'd say it's in its 60s. Probably. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, I just boy. had to point that out. <laughs> so Yeah, okay. I got a cold feel- on him, though. Uh, that's good, because, you know, chihuahuas do get cold very easily. So is it normal for him to scratch like that? Is it a typical it, behavior lately, he does? He's, only lately he's been doing it. And you won't believe it. Today I picked him up, and uh, I was inspecting him, and there was a flea on him. And uh-huh. I've never seen, yeah, but I haven't been able to clean him or, or wash him lately due to the, uh, due to the weather being this, this cold. So, okay. I, I, you know, even though I have a blow, a hair blower and all, I'm scared to death of it. I, I have to wait till the sun gets much stronger and then give them a, a, a wash, you know, a Dawn or some other type of stuff that maybe you could prescribe or tell me that would be better for his skin. Because I don't know if he has dry skin or rubbing in the grass is causing him to have, uh, uh, I nearly said termites. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Please. there are some dogs that it can be completely normal behavior that they rub and scratch their back on the grass. And that can just be kind of a, a joyous scratching experience uh, to kind of a dogs that like to scent mark. Like my dogs do that when they see a cow dung. They love particularly to roll their backs all over it. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> as if it's a, rubbing around. That kind of behavior isn't bad. That's kind of a, either a, a scent marking, um, kind of a playful behavior. But if, if you're seeing this back scratching thing more lately, especially if you find a flea, the number one thing I was going to tell you <laughs> that can cause itchiness, especially along the back, is a flea infestation. And yeah, you're in a part I, I, of the country where fleas are definitely um, a, a biggie. So that is that would be my primary focus is to make sure that we're working very hard at treating the fleas effectively. So that could be a combination of topical spot-ons. Um, right. We also use that in combination with some quick-kill products that are in a pill form. So you will need to see your veterinarian for those. Right, but right. getting rid of those fleas is going to be paramount because just the bite from a single flea can continue to cause what we call flea-allergic dermatitis signs. So just that little bit for a certain pet can really send them over the edge with, you, with the itchies. So um, for some pets, you know, we'll give them anti-itch meds on top of that. But I think the flea tackling is going to be the, the biggest thing um, that you'll want to focus on. It's very interesting because I didn't know what to do besides I said, oh, I'll go to the vet. And I said, well, let me just call up this, this program. It's very interesting. They tell you exactly what to do, how to do it, and why is it why it's happening, you know. So I feel, let yeah. me call you, and I got the information. I Did mean, you say you were it? using Dawn detergent now to, to clean? Yes, yes. It's good for uh, a friend of ours. We go to people who cut the dog, you know, cut some. He's a hairy, he's a hairy chihuahua. So they, we take them in to be uh, customized, uh, detailed, and they cut the hair <laughs> off of them. They groom them, and mm-hmm. uh, he looks like a human. And then they, and they said, uh, we told them the same thing. They said, oh, use Dawn. So I used it, and I thought possibly the Dawn was a little too strong, and then they went to uh, a, a, another type of thing that's for dogs and everything. And he seemed to be okay, but he just still went to scratching like he had a flea or something, but not all yeah. the time. So for me, as far as um, Dawn, it's a great degreaser. Um, so it, it works really good if we have, say, like uh, dogs or cats that get into oily substances. It helps to really strip their coat and get that stuff out of there. But it actually can be a little harsh yeah. for routine use. Um, now, any kind of shampoo that you use, you potentially can help to uh, treat fleas, but it's really not a flea treatment by itself. So oh, I would rather you use a good dog, just a 
a mild dog shampoo as what you would use to tidy up your baby at home and then um, use, like I said, a combination. In Florida, you have a lot of fleas, so you can't just rely, say, going to the store and picking up a spot-on product or a shampoo. You really do need to use a combination of things that are given by mouth and also by topical because you'll find that you just won't be able to tackle this for his comfort's sake. Yeah. Okay, as long as they just caught one on them. Yeah, well, if you see one, there's usually a lot more. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Those those little suckers, and they do. They jump thousands of times their their height, so they can actually jump on your pet without you actually noticing or having the pet in a real heavy, dense environment where you might yeah, expect fleas. Yeah, true, true, true. And yeah, I take so, them yeah. out at night too sometimes. Yeah. Hey, so Jim, I got to ask, where are you from? Your accent doesn't sound Floridian. Dude, you know, I was born in Greenwich Village. Yeah, that's what it's all like. right. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm a New Yorker. I was now I'm in Brooklyn. And then I moved to uh, Staten Island, which was like watching paint dry. And then I moved to Jersey because my job was there. And that was like watching grass grow. And I retired. My wife says, why don't we go to Florida? I said, as long as you get me out of Jersey with the high taxes, I'm out of here. There you go. Thank you so much for listening, Jim. We appreciate you tuning in and take care of that little baby there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Workers at the Meridian Connecticut Humane Society are marveling at a mother cat named Satin who adopted a six-day-old Rottweiler pup who was rejected by his own mother. The puppy, now named Charlie, nurses right next to a litter of black and gray kittens. The kittens snuggle up to him like he's one of them. Charlie's dog mom was found on the side of the road. She gave birth to two puppies. One was stillborn and she rejected the other. A local vet explained that it wasn't that unusual for cats and dogs to bond in those situations. Rottweilers usually grow to be around 100 pounds, so as Charlie grows, volunteers are hoping that dog owners will volunteer their puppies to be Charlie's playmates. But for now, Charlie's happy to be a kitten, although he hasn't meowed yet. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Hey everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. 
climate change doesn't affect just the habitats where animals, wild animals live. According to animal experts, climate change is also affecting our cats and dogs. They say that fleas and ticks are getting smaller, and there are more fleas and ticks. They need to eat more often, and now those same fleas and ticks are causing problems in what used to be cold winter months. Now, for example, heartworm is spread by mosquitoes, right? But those mosquitoes used to only be found in certain colder regions. Now they are carrying heartworm all over the country. A distinguished professor of entomology at the University of California, Riverside, says environmental conditions are creating larger populations of these smaller fleas and ticks that will not only be eating more frequently on our pets and develop more rapidly, but they will also be spreading more more pathogens. A Colorado farmer, what a lady, is celebrating the Denver Broncos by knitting sweaters for the 150 baby goats that are expected to be born on her family's 400-acre goat farm this spring. Now, most are going to be born in April, well, the first wave of them anyhow, but that's still a pretty cold time of year in Colorado, and the baby goats only weigh 8 or 9 pounds when they're born, so they still need some extra warmth. So this farmer's solution... The baby female goats will be getting orange sweaters, and the males will be getting dark blue ones. The real animal lover she is, she says the sweaters have also been pretty useful for her 15 dogs on the farm. And of all of the cats that get lost in this world, this cat I'm going to tell you about may not have wanted to be found. He was missing for more than a year, but he's now been reunited with his owner after he was found feasting in a huge pet food warehouse in the United Kingdom. Clive was found in the warehouse about two miles from his home after repeatedly setting off burglar alarms during the night. It had everybody going crazy. Now, eventually, they discovered the Norwegian forest cat was the culprit of those burglar alarms going off, but they had a difficult time catching Clive. They finally caught him, and they reunited him with his owner, whose first words were, I can't believe he's so porky now. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio. And remember to spade and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I got to tell you that as soon as the show's over, Judy does a little bit of work here. She she is the producer here. I do a lot of work here. You do a lot of work here. A little bit of work here. And then you leave (laughs) to do your pet sitting job, which you started kind of part-time, but over how long has it been? It's been about a year now. It's really grown. It has it's, in the past year. Yeah, I, I've gotten a lot of jobs. I can kind of pick and choose what I want to do now. I don't. You can actually turn off. away people. That you I have do somebody. if it's not something I want to do. Yes, if we don't meet eye to eye on what the animal, what they want for the animal, then uh, well, no, it seems like it's a lot of fun and everything. It but. is because I, you know, you can only have so many animals, and this allows me to be around other animals. You know, I, I have a small dog, and when I was younger, I had large dogs. And now I get to go back and be with some of these large dogs that I don't have in my home. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of exciting to get out there with these large dogs and play. And then I come home. Yeah, but it's mostly like around Christmas and Thanksgiving. People go on vacation and that's when you have to work, right? You can plan on it. If you get into the business, you can plan on holidays and weekends. That's that's par for the course. That's the business. You know when you go into it, you're not going to be 
going on vacation at those times. Now, you've threatened to quit Animal Radio more than <laughs> once. Uh, I think I could make more money if I didn't have to come in here and do this. Really? I think so. It really is. It does pay that well. It, it does. If you, you know, I'm fortunate to live in a very pet-centric city. Uh, there are places I've lived where it wouldn't have been very profitable, but I live in a great place with lots of animals where people really care about their animals. We have on the phone with us Beth Stoltz. She's the Director of Marketing and Communications and Education for Pet Sitters International, the website PetSit.com. Now, is this the organization you belong to? You belong no, to- I belong to, I think, Pet Sitters Association. I know there's a lot of organizations out there that are doing this. Well, let's talk to Beth here. Hey, okay. Beth, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. So tell us a little bit about what Pet Sitters International does. Pet Sitters International is the world's largest educational association for professional pet sitters. So we do two things, really. We help individuals who want to get into the pet sitting industry uh, build and grow their business, and we also help pet owners find local professional pet sitters. So you have a database of pet sitters. Exactly. I think this is the biggest question that everybody asks me, at least today when I told them you were going to be on, ask her this, can you make money doing this? That is probably one of the top questions that we receive, and the short answer is yes. Um, We conduct a survey every two years. We're actually conducting a new survey now. Um, The national average salary uh, for professional pet sitters was around $50,000. Wow. Now, is that full-time? Um, that's that's full time. It's a mix of of, of ha- part time and full time. That's the average salary. Uh, but we have many pet sitters um, that make well over a million dollars annually. So wow. it certainly depends on uh, where you live. I know Judy, you mentioned being in a pet centric area. That certainly makes a difference. Mm. So if I wanted to quit my job and become a pet sitter, what are the things I need to know? Do I need insurance? Uh, are there organizations I need to belong to? Give me give me the lowdown of what I need to become a pet sitter. Of course, you know, of course, obviously with Pet Sitters International, we recommend that people join PSI. Um, but for a few reasons. Um, first, you do need insurance. Um, we have, our members have access to a group rate pet sitter insurance, but an insurance specifically for professional pet sitters and also a bond for pet sitters is so important for anyone before they accept their very first pet sitting assignment. What, what kind of money can you expect to buy just to spend on that? How much does something like that cost? The rates do vary. Um, a good estimate is around $300 um, if you're starting out. The policies vary depending on the number, your client base and your average income. Uh, but a few hundred dollars is a fair estimate. And what does that protect you against? Is it like if, if the dog bites somebody? It, it does include that. The special thing about pet sitter insurance is that it's not just a general business liability, but it also includes care, custody, and control, which basically means anything that can happen while the pet is in your care. So if the pet bites someone else. Also, if you break a lamp inside of a client's home, uh, if the pet is injured while in your care, a pet sitter policy would cover any of those circumstances. Okay. Insurance, what else do we need besides insurance and being bonded? Um, we also suggest that you have a good service contract. Uh, of course, it's a legal document for any business, but for pet sitters, you want to have a contract with any of your clients so it outli- outlines exactly what you're responsible for um, and you have the pet owner sign off on it. So a contract is really important. Now, if we join an organization like yours, and I know there's lots of organizations, do we pay you a uh, commission? Do we pay you a regular monthly uh, fee to help educate us? PSI is an educational association. Um, So as an association, there's just an annual membership fee. Uh, We don't take any commission uh, from our pet sitting businesses for the the assignments that they get. There's that annual membership fee. It gives them access to the group rate insurance, uh, to tons of educational opportunities. We have monthly webinars. 
We have a magazine, um, free resources and downloads throughout the year. Um, so our focus is really on education for our pet sitters. Okay. And then you do recommend me for certain jobs in my area? We have um, the Pet Sitter Locator on PSI's website, um, and that locator allows pet owners to search by zip code. And they can also see the credentials of our specific members in those areas. Is there anything we should watch out? Any any stories of uh, pet sitting gone bad? Anything we need to <laughs> to be aware of? Well, you know, for pet owners, we our their number one advice is to use a professional. Um, as Judy said, you know, getting insurance is so important, but so many pet owners still maybe rely on the kid down the street mm-hmm. or a friend that does pet sitting. And while those people may have great intentions, they don't have the training or the insurance coverage. Um, that would come into play if something were to happen uh, while the pet was in their care. Yeah, what I've heard horror stories is that they had a neighbor do it and they forgot. Exactly. With a friend or a neighbor, when it's not their profession, mm-hmm. um, part-time or full-time, it may not be as big of a priority. We've actually um, heard from pet owners who called it friendships have been destroyed over these oh, kinds yeah. of situations. <laughs> you know, they trusted a friend and, and some things went really wrong. All great advice. Petsit.com is the website. You can learn more about joining uh, Pet Sitters International. Beth Stoltz joining us, the Director of Marketing and Communications and Education over there. We'll put links to everything you've heard on today's show over at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hello, I'm David Bellamy, the Bellamy Brothers, and we're on Animal Radio. Love your animals. Challen Cable, there they are, the crows. I have about seven or eight crows that come to my house. They're terrorizing me, but they're too smart. I can't get them. I don't know how they know, but, like, there'll be seven of them in my yard. They land on my roof. They do what crows do, you know? It's like they're mocking me. As soon as I leave my chair and go downstairs and I look out the window, they're gone. They're, like, so smart. I had no idea crows were so smart. Smarter than me, anyway. Hi. This is Ginger. Ginger, my favorite spice. Are you the one that's asking about uh, men? Yes, I need to know how to be one desperately oh we lost her let's look around the internet man fights to keep pizza eating pet alligator the alligator's name is gwendolyn he's 13 feet long and david's taken care of him for 47 years the alligator's even allowed inside the house once he was in the house he didn't want to leave i think it took us like three weeks to get him to go back outside he was on the couch all the time or in the bathtub he loves chips ahoy cookies now we're excited now you like that huh this is animal radio baby Check out Animal Radio Highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Welcome to Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate the connection with your pets. If you're brand new, to my left is Judy. She's answering the calls. Straightforward is Dr. Debbie, answering really just any of your veterinary questions that you might have about your pets. And she, and we're not just talking dogs or cats. She knows fish. She knows birds. 
you're pretty well versed. She lives in Vegas, which means that, and this is where she practices. So there's a lot of weird animals in Vegas, as you may know. She, she takes. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't. You, you confine that to weird animals and not say anything about the people in Las Vegas because we're an awesome group of people. You are an awesome group of people. <laughs> weird, but awesome. <laughs> hey, Bob. Hi. How, How are you are doing you? today? I'm doing fine. What can we do for you? Oh my gosh, I have I have a black lab. I've had labs my whole life, and for as a, a, a birthday present, my wife gave me a black lab again, which I I swore I wasn't going to get another one because it hurt me so much when my last one passed away. But uh, mm-hmm. she's two years old. Her name's Haley, and uh, I don't know what she did, but she pulled uh, an ACL or it's a little rubber the 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 part that keeps her knee. Her, uh, or her calf. That okay, I think it's, yeah. they said it was their ACL or the little joint in between. But they said it was going to cost me anywhere from a thousand to three thousand dollars, and my, I, it, it causes a huge dilemma because I'm uh, uh, not only a truck driver, but I'm a, a real estate owner, and I have three homes, two of them in Las Vegas, and uh, my renters weren't paying me, so I'm oh. upside down. I have. My credit stinks now, and I want to get her fixed. And everybody that I've talked to, all these doctors, don't want to extend me any kind of credit. I have assets. I have cars. All my cars are paid for. My boat. If I have to, I'll give them my uh, pink slip, whatever it takes to get her fixed. She's like my uh, daughter. I mean, I'd do anything to get it done. But right now, I don't have $3,000, and I told them I'd give them 500 now and start paying them payments, and nobody will do it. Yeah. And that's where well, I'm at. My credit's in the tank. I just would like to find some doctor that has some sympathy for my dog. Because oh, when I get home at night, she just drags her. I can't even say it right now. She just drags up to me. Okay. Well, well, first we'll talk a little bit about cruciate ligament injuries and very common in large active dogs, but it can happen even in those little couch potato dogs that, you know, just jump off the couch and, and blow their knee out. The honest truth is that for big dogs, surgery is really the best way to go. And it's not necessarily a, an easy surgery. It's a, usually a specialty level surgery. So it does take quite a bit. And when listeners hear, oh my God, $2,000, $3,000, it seems like a lot, but this is really yeah. a huge surgery. And it, it is the equivalent of, um, you know, having your knee explored as a human. Small dogs, we can get away with some, you know, medical management in many cases and, and some other therapies outside of going into surgery, but I'd have to, you know, support what you probably heard from the other vets that surgery is usually the best way to go. The finances and the resources in getting that lined up, uh, there are some different options in different areas, uh, things such as Care Credit, which is a credit service which um, allows uh, billing, um, and that might be something to look into, whether that's an well, option in I, the year. I have done that, and they, because my credit, because of my, my homes right now, I've had to, to file Chapter 13, which I'm keeping mm-hmm. my homes, but it mm-hmm. put my credit in the tank. And uh, nobody wants to even look at me. They, they, they called me back and said, sorry, we can't. That's not an option with my dog. I don't want to, sure. you know, I don't want to put my dog to sleep at all. Let's talk about some of the alternatives with the cruciate disease because, you know, we know surgery is definitely going to be the best way to go. And, and yeah. nobody wants to see you put your dog down over this. But this is a, a very real problem that happens 
all over the place. And this is really the number one orthopedic injury that we see in dogs is cruciate ligament oh damage. So if we can't go towards surgery at this point, I'd want to make sure we're really looking at your baby's weight and make sure that Haley is a lean, mean wagon machine. Well, uh, because she's, she's not. And uh, we're, we're, uh, okay. we're not giving her table scraps anymore. We would... You know, we had a bad habit of doing that. But it's also based on the size and the anatomy of a dog's knee. And then larger dogs, we usually prefer the surgery where we put a type of a bone plate in there. I would, at this point, I would really put our efforts and slimming down this baby. And many dogs, even with mild cruciate injuries, those that haven't quite gone completely torn, weight loss, pain management, and joint protective, such as glucosamine and the medication uh, that's given by injection called Adequan, those can be useful to help control the pain, keep the pet moving, and then in the meantime, slim them down so that they're a better surgical candidate or to see if they respond well to medical therapy. I'm sorry that you feel that, you know, the veterinarians are unsympathetic, but this is a a huge surgery. It really is a big thing, and there are things you can do now to make your pet more comfortable or to make her a better surgical candidate. So I would focus on those right now and try to empower yourself and get this girl slimmed down and, and maybe we'll get her feeling a little bit better and so be, make it less likely. Okay, so, so say I could start putting the money in the bank like I'm paying somebody payments, but she'll be okay until that time. Uh, it depends upon the pet. Um, I will tell you that cruciate disease is a progressive disease. So it can start as just a simple tear in the ligament, goes to a full tear in the ligament. We can get later some other meniscus uh, injuries that occur, and then we can even get the second leg to blow out. So it can get worse. So I'm not saying that... Um, that's not a risk. Bob, we wish you the best of luck with that. Hold on for one second. I want to get some information from you. That's all we have time for today. Wow, it was jam-packed. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page at Animal Radio or tweet us at Animal Radio and check out Dr. Debbie's book about Yorkies. Yorkshire Terriers, how to be your dog's best friend. By Dr. Debbie White. We'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio on these fine stations. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.